Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, that the goodness of God is being manifested in our church, our city, in our nation, and around the world. And so we just look to you for wisdom. We look to you for guidance. And we know that we hear your voice and that you're leading us and guiding us in Jesus' name. Amen. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. We've been saying that scripture every Sunday. This is our Sunday scripture. It's not my message. It's just we want to just concentrate on that all throughout the year. And uh, if you do want to follow along today's message, you can go to our website, rmfchurch.yourmoney. Um, today's title is Master Your Money. Master Your Money. Um, I don't know if Billy Wayne, my friend, quoted this or not, but it's, if you view the world through the lens of scarcity, you tend to be fearful, greedy, and need-oriented. If you view the world through the lens of scarcity, you tend to be fearful, greedy, and need-oriented. And that is so true. And if there are people being, and sometimes it's easy for you and me to fall into that. Is that true? And uh, because you think, oh, my goodness. But um, the bottom line is that we have to do what our scripture is for the year. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all of our heart. Amen. But um, there is a great book that my friend, I've quoted him a couple of times. His name is Billy Epperhart. We know him as Billy Wayne. But the book is titled Money Mastery. You can get it online, Amazon, or you can even go to his website, wealthbuilders.org. But um, this book would help you. If you need to learn about money, if you need to learn about, you know, I think one of the worst things our educational system does in America is that they teach people, teach our kids how to get a good job. They do not teach them how to get their money to work for them. It's the worst thing I think our educational system does. But, you know, uh, I've got a friend who's a lawyer up in Denver, and he says, you know, I make $475 an hour. And everybody would think, wow. He says, but there's a problem. And I went, I'd like to have that problem. Anyway, the problem is that uh, if I don't work an hour, I don't get paid that. So you have to work to get paid that. He said there's a better way, and that is for your money to work for you. Four amens. That's not bad. All right. These are ways to make money. All right. Are you ready? Ways to make money. Rent from real estate, profits from a business, dividends from stock, interest from bonds and CDs, royalties from songs and books. Commissions from insurance, earnings from the internet, and income from multi-level marketing. And I threw this last one in because you don't hear this. And trust God. Trust God for money. You know, you should not be confined to your employer to give you money or to bring you money or have money come in. All right? Are you hearing me? We need to trust God. But I know a lot of Christians sometimes tend to just lean on that and get Lazy, can I say that? And just think, well, I'm just trusting God. Well, what are you doing to trust God? You, you, get, uh, uh, you can't just say, I'm just trusting God. What are you doing? Where's your faith in trusting God, in other words? you got to have faith. You can't just say, well, I'm trusting God. I mean, there's people 
who um, say that all the time, but nothing changes. It's safer behind the pulpit. I'm just going to give you some practical things today as well, uh, hopefully spiritual, but um, uh, you have to be a good steward of your money that what you do have. And uh, I think it's vitally important that you know where your money's going. Where's your money going? And uh, we have done this. Uh, we are concentrating on one bill that we want to pay off. And so we get all of our, if any extra money comes in, you know, we put towards that until that's paid off. And then we pay the next one, whatever we were paying on that one, to go to the next one, to get everything paid off. And so I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to be led by God. But uh, let me just say this. I don't want anybody here hearing this message to feel pressured that you feel like if you don't have a desire to make money that you're less of a person or anything. That is the furthest thing from my mind and my heart for what I want to do during this series. Everybody hear that? And I've told people, if you want to work a minimum wage job for the rest of your life and you're happy, hallelujah. Hallelujah. The only thing is you may not be able to give toward if somebody's house burns down or whatever. You're, not, you're probably going to be the one in line if something happens, and which is all right. I, this is what I believe. I believe this. I believe everybody's on this journey called life and understanding God and getting a revelation of God. There's some people, did you know only 3% of people in America, the most prosperous nation on the planet, only 3% are well off at, when they retire. <clears throat> you may want to turn this up. I said only 3%. That means 97% of Americans are not ready for retirement. So that's another reason why I'm speaking on money. I mean, it broke my heart. In 2014, this is when the Lord really just rattled my cage. I had a, uh, several pastor friends that are in their 80s, pushing 90 or whatever, and... Um, uh, they, in all honesty, they wanted to retire, but guess what? They, they couldn't retire. They had zero retirement. And so if they didn't preach, they had no income. I don't think that's how God set it up. Are you hearing me? I don't think that's how the Lord wants it to be. I, I, I do not want to have to keep preaching just so I can get a paycheck. So the Lord started, it broke my heart, and and you see pastors that, and not just pastors, but people, they retire and they have to go back and live with their children. (laughs) I love my kids. That ain't never going to (laughs) happen. And Danielle's back there going, amen. (laughs) But the Lord, I just... I saw this happening, and the Lord's, and I was talking to God about it, and he said, well, that wasn't my will. It's not my will. And so at that particular time, the Lord started getting me connected with people and um, to get involved in, in real estate and investments. And um, in 2015, I quit living paycheck to paycheck. 
but listen to me. If you live paycheck to pay, 97% of people are going down this road. And did you know, I want everybody to realize this. You really need to listen to last week's message. I know we had that snowstorm and a lot of people weren't here, but to be part of this puzzle, you have to listen to every message for this month. If you think, ah, you'll miss it, of my heart, of what I'm trying to say. Um, God loves poor people just as much as he loves wealthy people, and wealthy people are no more spiritual than poor people, and poor people are no more spiritual than wealthy people. Money has nothing to do as far as the spiritual part of your life or how much God loves you or accepts you. Make sure you get that. So don't let this series put pressure on you or make you feel bad. Please, don't go, oh, man, he's talking about money. I wish I could talk about money. I just don't have any, so I don't have to talk about money. Well, you do have to change your mindset. When it comes to finances, because when I was growing up in church, you know, it was taught to us that money's evil, and, uh, you know, you, if rich people are just bad people. That's what I was taught, you know, and yet I realized that a lot of adults, I was a kid, a lot of adults, I saw working overtime and trying to get more of it. So I, I, I remember there's a disconnect here. You're saying money's evil, and you, you, you don't want to have money, but you're working overtime so you can get more money, or you're working two or three jobs so you can get more money, but money's evil, so I don't get it. Money's not evil, but the love of it is. But um, here's another statistic. One-third of all non-retired Americans have no retirement savings or pension. None. They're hoping for Social Security. I don't know if I was 30 years old, if I was hoping for Social Security, that would be tremendous faith. <laughs> Some of you got it. But anyway, I'm just saying, if you're 30 years old and you're going you're to hope for Social Security, it's like, dear Lord, man, great is thy faith, child. Anyway, I, I want to give another perspective. Most of you know Dad Hagemeyer. You know uh, Mom and Dad Hagemeyer have been in Africa for 53 years now, I believe. Uh, 54. 50, this May, it would be 54 years they've been in Africa. Years ago, when I, I started, well, 2015, when I started learning about investments, I, that dad was in America at that time. And so I talked to him about, man, dad, he has nothing for retirement. He's one of those that have nothing, no pension, nothing. He has absolutely nothing, just Social Security. So I talked to him back in 2015. I said, Dad, you know, can I just talk to you about money a little bit, investments and stuff like that? Sure. So I talked to him, and he was smiling the whole time. So I thought, he's getting it. So he sat there, and then he said, when I got all done with everything, he said, Mike, I just want you to know one thing. He said, I've been investing in the kingdom of heaven ever since I was a kid. And he says, I know that I'm going to be taken care of. And I know I'm going to be all right. Dad is, this is Dad Hagemeyer. If he, somebody gave him or something happened, he got $10,000 extra in the bank. He wouldn't invest it. First thing, in, Melly and I talked about Mel. He said, this is what he would do. I said, you are absolutely right. He would be thinking and praying about who needs this money. Who needs it? And he would give it away and he would do something with it, you know. Which is totally... 100% right for him, all right? 
There's going to be people like that, and God is, you can take it to the bank, honey. God is going to take care of that man to his last breath on this planet. He will never have to stand in a food line or ask for money. He will be taken care of, and he always has. I take personal care of his finances. And some months I go, help him, Jesus. <laughs> you know? But he it always, he's, he's always comes out every single month. There's going to be people like that, and maybe you're like that. That's fine. I, I, his testimony is this. I mean, the, I remember a time one of my friends came in uh, in his 20s. He was at our church, and he just stopped in to say hi to me. And Dad was here visiting in my office, and, and uh, the, I called him a kid. He was only about 22 years old. He said, I said, what are you going to do? Oh, I'm getting ready to go get my brakes put on my truck, you know, get my brakes fixed on my truck, get new brakes put on. And Dad, he just pulls out his checkbook and writes him out a $200 check. He says, here, put that towards your brakes. He, he just did that. He just, I mean, you know, people, we get so spiritual, I, I need to pray about it. He just did what was in his heart to do, just to bless people. And I thought, that's the way I want to be. And I'm determined to be that. I'm not as good as him, but I'm determined to be that, to just bless people as much as I can. I want to be a blessing. And you know why I want to be that? Not so I can get Mike's ego up. It's to share the goodness of God. I want people to know that our God is good. You're either viewing your God, people are either viewing God as some judicial, you know, spanking, slap you upside the head God, or you're viewing God as the most awesome father that you could ever dream of or hope to have. That's the kind of father, that's the kind of God that I have. And that's who I serve. There's a lot of different people. So hearing this, I thought about that. Melody says, you know, Mike, sometimes I can hear you preaching about money. And you think, well, you don't have to do anything, you know. And so I, I just want to clarify that, this. You know, Paul had to preach. He preached grace so strong. I mean, strong. And um, in Romans chapter 5, he was preaching it, well, even before that. But then Romans chapter 6, people asked him this. It was so strong that this question came to him. So, because this grace is so strong, we can continue to sin. What did he say? God forbid, no. But that question, his preaching brought them to that question. That's how strong grace was being preached. He said, no, absolutely not. And so this is what I'm thinking about when I'm preaching money. I think some people could get the wrong idea. So we just really don't have to give because of God's goodness. We just, giving is not part of the equation. And I'm going to respond the same way that Paul did. No, that's not what I'm saying. Aren't you glad you came today? Do I have to give? No, you do not. God will love you if you never give into the kingdom of God no matter what. That's not what it's about. But in Matthew 22, people came to him and said, do we have to pay our taxes? A lot of people in these next few years may be saying that. But anyway, uh, (laughs) when they start going through the roof. But he said, well, let me have a coin. 
gave him a coin. He says, whose picture or inscription is on it? And they said, Caesar. And this is what Jesus said to him. Render unto Caesar what is Caesar, but also render unto God what is God's. Mm. The moral of the story, pay your taxes. And give unto God. Are you hearing me? There are so many scriptures. We, we've read this, but I'll go over it again. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Uh, it says, here's my point. A stingy sower will reap a meager harvest, but the one who sows from a generous spirit will reap an abundant harvest. Let giving, and I just believe, you know, people, that's wherever you have to start off, you start. Are you hearing me? You know, don't, I don't judge anybody. I don't even judge, and I don't know who gives here at all. I, that's, I don't count the offering. I never have. Well, when we first started, when it was just six of us, I had to. But, I mean, after when we got a secretary, I don't, I don't know what you give. So this is no, you know, I'm not going to, I'm trying to look at everybody so everybody goes, he's looking at me. But, <laughs> but you just start where you're at. But this is the point that he's saying, you know, what, you, what are you giving? If you're starting off, if you don't really have a revelation uh, uh, of what I'm talking about, talk to God about it. Talk to him about it. It says, let giving flow from your heart. Did you hear that? And this is why I've pushed the message so much about that uh, God loves you more than what you think you can give. Or you may think that because I'm preaching kind of like the way Paul did about grace, I'm preaching about money that you feel like, well, I really don't have to give. No, my heart is this. It's not, I don't want to put pressure on or twist anybody's arm and think you have to give. Because I've given a lot because it was my religious duty in my past. And I do not want one single person in this church to give like that. Amen. Whoa. Yeah. I don't want anybody to give on a religious duty. You feel like, well, you know, pastor's asking for it. He's, he wants money. Don't ever do that. And God doesn't even, it's a stench to God if you feel like you have to give to God. He says, let giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. Verse 7, not from a sense of religious duty. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving, all because God loves hilarious generosity. Yes, God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace. So he's connected grace with giving here. Are you hearing me? So this is why it's strong. You need to have a strong revelation of the grace of God because when you have a strong revelation of the grace of God, you become a hilarious giver. So that you will have more than enough of everything, every moment and every way. He will make you overflow with abundance in every good thing you do. Amen. So tithing, you know, people, that's a big, I'm not going to get too, I don't have much time. But, you know, people talk about tithing, argue about tithing. I tithe, we tithe, but that's the minimum of what we do. And let me just say this. If any time it's announced from this pulpit for, to give towards something, the burning, we as a family always give toward that. We do. I want to be an example. But the bottom line is the tithe or giving to God is the bottom line is this, that you are saying, I'm trusting you, God, in my financial realm. Are you hearing me? When you give, you're releasing your faith. There is faith inside of you. 
The very first message on this was that God deposited wealth on each and every one of us. You give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, you get born again, wealth is deposited inside of you. The problem is it needs to be outside of you. You can't go to the grocery store and just say, just scan my belly. It's in there. Just scan it. They'll probably look at it and say, yeah, we can tell. It's in there. But anyway, the problem is you've got to get it from in to out. It's got to be manifested. And one way to release your faith is through your giving. It's through your giving. You're trusting God. I'm trusting God. You're trusting God. So let me move quickly. Uh, if money wasn't important, why is it so talked about from Genesis to Revelation? I'm just, I've got 20, but I don't have enough time. Proverbs about wealth. I'm going to give you five or six here. Uh, honor the Lord with your possessions and with your first fruits of your, all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Proverbs 3 9. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in the power of your hand to do so. Proverbs 3.27. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which have no captain, overseer, or ruler, provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. Riches and honor are with me, wisdom. Enduring riches and righteousness. The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. God is concerned. I mean, he looks, the, the widow who gave two mites, less than a penny, Jesus was watching, and he made comments that she gave more than the rich people. She gave more than the rich people. Acts 10.31, he told Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your gifts to the poor have been noticed by God. So giving must be pretty big because God notices it, and then he says that he notices it. Are you hearing me? But I don't give to get God's attention or to make him think I'm somebody. That's the wrong way to give. That's Old Testament-style giving. New Testament-style giving is this. I'm blessed coming in and going out. Everything I put my hand to prospers. I am seated in heavenly places. I'm full of the wealth and the goodness of God. And I want to give because of my relationship. I have such an awesome father. That's the kind of givers we want in our church. God's purpose for wealth is to make a difference. It is to make a difference. In the Jewish mindset, man, if you could study the Jewish culture, it's this. They see... Uh, their giving is such a stewardship of managing wealth, and they consider it holy to do their work as unto God. It's a holy thing. And guess who, the per capita, who has the most millionaires on the planet? It would be the Jews. They have a different mindset than the Western mindset when it comes to money. Um. Let me just say a couple of things. If you're interested, this will probably get you in trouble. Let me, because I got a minute and 30 seconds. This is the thing. When it comes to real estate, right now, from the East Coast to the West Coast, all the major cities, housing is 20% overpriced. Stock market. Let me just say this. You better be careful and just talk to God about your stocks because there's a formula since 1959, earnings per share uh, it's 15 times is the natural that per share for the company, the value of the company. 15 times. Right now it's 50. 50. 
I'm not saying this to put you in fear. I just, you just need to be wise, all right? So understand about real estate. Understand about the market. If you're going to invest in things, God wants you to make money if you put the kingdom first. My goal is to make money so I can be, I don't want to give a $5,000 check. I want to say, how much money does he need? Does he need, what, does he need 100000 Just tell me how many zeros to put behind this one. Now, if that's not your desire, that's okay. That is, God is okay with that. But he's just stirred some stuff up inside of me. I, that's who I want to be. And that's what I want to do. And that's what I'm doing. So we need to, I mean, if you don't ever think that that's attainable, then you won't have that desire. But I'm preaching it that it's attainable. Ah, my time's up. Anyway, if you pay, if you don't want to overpay for a house, find out what the median income is for the city that you're buying in and never pay two to four times more than median income. So if the median income is 50000 you shouldn't pay over $200,000. You will never, in the last 100 years, that has been the gold standard. I wonder if we could get all the multimillionaires to use their money for the kingdom of God to be a blessing. He says we need to make money to make a difference. To make a difference. And so that's what we want to do. But listen to me. Please don't feel condemned, guilty, or any. If this is offensive to you, you know, then, then just flush it out of your mind. That's all I can say. But I'm not going to apologize. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to apologize because the Bible says, Psalms 35, 27. Let's just pull it up. This is what the Word says. This isn't my opinion. This is what Psalms 35, 27 says. Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. Let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified. Let the Lord be blown up, magnified. That what? That what? Who has pleasure in the prosperity of you and me. That's not my opinion. That's the word of God. If you're a word person, that's the word of God. He says, I take pleasure when you're prospering. Those connected to God, he knows that he can trust you. This one is in need, Mike. Because listen, there's going to be a lot of people that you and I come in contact with that will never get a revelation about getting blessed. God loves them so much that he says, I know they're not going to get this, Mike, so I want to use you to give money to them. I want you to buy them a house because they're not going to get it. But I want them to have a house. I want them to have a car. So I want people to to be blessed so much that they may not get it. But if you get about investing and, and the abundance and the revelation of God, then you can bless people that won't ever get it. Are you hearing me? Let's pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for your goodness. Lord, I shared my heart, but God, it was so quick. I just know that there's so much more that you want us to get a hold of. And I'm praying, Father, that you will just turn the light on for your people at Rocky Mountain Family Church. Will you do that, God? Will you just help us? It's all because of how much you love us. You're such a good father. You are so good. So that's our desire, God. That's my desire. Help us to see the way that you see. Help us to understand even about something as simple as money, how that you want to use it to be a blessing. I pray in Jesus' name.